Welcome to the Go Ye Forth podcast, where we hear inspiring stories from returned missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who have served all across the globe. I am your host, Jason Bringhurst. Hello, everyone. On today's show, I speak with Ken Craig, who served in the Portugal-Lisbon mission from 1990 to 1992. After his mission, he spent most of his career in advertising, uh, but for the last five years has worked for the Philanthropies Department of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But you actually might recognize him as the bishop from the movie Once I Was a Beehive and the sequel Once I Was Engaged, or occasionally even in a commercial. Additionally, Ken has just completed his first book, Faith, Fatherhood, and Food, available on Amazon. Well, if that was enough to get you excited... You get my bona fide approval of Ken Craig as being an all-around good egg, and I am excited for you to hear about his mission today. And in my Missionary Minute, I talk about being a part of a great work. So, let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Ken Craig. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you, Jason. This is an honor. Yeah, thanks. Well, I I know a little bit about you. I I follow your adventures on Facebook. Uh, In fact, that's why I reached out to you as I, uh, you had posted something about your mission and that kind of got me thinking and I thought I'd uh, ask you to to come on the show, but can you maybe introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your family, where you're from and uh, uh, what you're doing now in life? Yeah, you bet. Um, I grew up in Southern California, just North of Los Angeles. And um, so I was 17 and then we moved to Hawaii. A tiny oh, cool. island called Molokai. It's in between Oahu and Maui. Mm-hmm. And I finished high school there and then came out to BYU and did a year of college and then left on my mission to uh, to Portugal mm-hmm. and came home and finished up school at, at BYU. And in the meantime, I uh, met my wife there. We were performing together in uh, BYU's first sketch comedy and improv troupe called the Garens. Nice. And that was a lot of fun. And we met there uh, about a year later, we started dating about a year after that, we got married and uh, then we moved, uh, we graduated and moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh-huh. And cause Utah's, you know, no place to raise a family, so right? Las Vegas. <laughs> and uh, we were there for about 14 years uh-huh. and then work brought us back um, to Utah about nine years ago. And okay. so uh, we've been here since then. My degree was in advertising. I worked kind of advertising, public relations, some sales. And now I've been working for the church for about the first, uh, about the past five and a half years uh, okay. in the philanthropies department. So we're here in Provo, Utah. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, we've got eight kids and uh, just had our first, our oldest two are married, and we just had our first grandchild in January. Awesome. So the philanthropies department, is that LDS Charities or is that something different? It is different. We are a department under the office of the presiding bishop, Brick. Okay. We do, uh, we do all, all money that is not tithing or fast offerings comes mm-hmm. through our office. And okay. So, so we do fundraise for mm-hmm. Latter-day Saint Charities, uh, as well as Family Search, General Missionary Fund, okay. and scholarships for the church schools. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's what I get to do is work with uh, donors who, mm-hmm. uh, who want to build the kingdom in that way. So that's awesome. Yeah, well, well, let's uh, let's go back. So, what, was a mission always a part of your plan, or was there something that happened in your life that made you decide to go on a mission? 
You know, honestly, Jason, I can't remember a, I can't remember a time I didn't wasn't planning on a mission. Mm-hmm. Always was in my mind. My dad had served. Uh, he served in New Zealand okay. in the '60s, and I think it was just always on my radar. Obviously, in my youth, it was something that was way, way <laughs> far off. And um, but as the time came, uh, I, I can remember feeling excited about it and it was Mm -hmm. it was kind of always on the uh in the plans i did get nervous as it got closer like (laughs) this is going to require some effort you know (laughs) this is gonna (laughs) this is uh um a big thing but but i was excited about it and i it was yeah it was something i was always planning on there's anticipation you've turned in your papers uh you're excited about it Uh, what was it like receiving your mission call so I received my call in uh, early 1990. Mm-hmm. So this was before email. So this mm-hmm. was the old, the old fashioned <laughs> package that came in the mail. And I was uh, at my freshman year at BYU. Uh-huh. I was on my own. Uh, it came in the came in the mail, and I I took that package and I walked up to the Provo Temple. You know, mm-hmm. it was within walking distance, and I and I went kind of in the back where there nobody was. And I knelt down and said a prayer, and I told Heavenly Father I was grateful for this uh, opportunity, and I would serve wherever he wanted me to. Please bless it's not Spanish speaking. (laughs) (laughs) I had taken Spanish in high school, and for Uh whatever reason, didn't do great, Mm -hmm. which was kind of on brand for most of my classes in high school. (laughs) But but I had kind of, I had this mental block, like, I don't think I can learn Spanish or improve my Spanish for whatever reason. So... I opened the call and it said uh, I was called to the Spain Las Palmas mission hmm. or Portuguese speaking. Oh, yeah. So I thought, wow, he heard me. I'm even <laughs> going to Spain and I'm not going to have to learn Spanish. <laughs> yeah, that is a bullet you dodged. <laughs> yeah. And so I um, went and looked it up and that was actually the Spain Las Palmas mission encompassed the Canary Islands. Uh-huh. Spanish speaking and the Azor Islands, which uh-huh. was Portuguese speaking. And this was out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So mm-hmm. I thought, wow, okay, maybe I'll spend most of my time in the Azores. I didn't I didn't know how that would work. Yeah. A few weeks later, I got a new call, a new letter, and it said that my mission was changed to the Portugal Lisbon North mission. So okay. what happened was there was a there was the Portugal Lisbon mission and it had split and in so splitting, then the Portugal Lisbon North acquired mm-hmm. the Azor Islands. So, okay. So that was a new call. So I was going to be heading to Portugal Lisbon North, and mm-hmm. which was obviously Portuguese speaking. And that was a new mission. Yes, that was a uh-huh. new mission at that yeah. time. And so I started my mission in July of 1990, which was the same time as that new mission president was Vitor Martins. He was uh, mm-hmm. native to Portugal. And I don't know how early he had joined, but the church had only been in Portugal since 1975. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've been there 15 years when I got there. And he actually, his first contact with the church was on a business trip to Spain. Some, hmm. some missionaries contacted him, just kind of street contacted him in Spain. Yeah. So a seed was planted. And uh, eventually back in Portugal, he he joined the church. So he was... He was the my first. He was my only mission president, and he was mm-hmm. the first uh, native uh, Portuguese. That, that's awesome. Yeah. How was your MTC experience? It was fine. Um, I, I think, 
I enjoyed it. I certainly mm-hmm. enjoyed uh, the spirit there and learning and, um, and I was excited to be on a mission. I think I had a harder time I, 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 than, um, than most mm-hmm. um, feeling like I had launched. Like I was, you know, it was only, it was very close to where I had gone to college. My family right. was in Hawaii, so my family was nowhere near. <laughs> but I was, I'd walk around feeling like, oh, this feels real familiar still. And it was, yeah. um, it took me a minute to, I think I was just easily distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly felt grateful to be there and um, enjoyed the people I was serving with. And, um, and so it was, it was a good experience. I think yeah. I hear a lot of people with enthusiasm, like, Oh, that's where I kind of got my testimony or mm-hmm. felt like, um, I don't know, like they were separated from the world. And I, I had a testimony, so it wasn't like, Oh, this is all new to me. I even remember mm-hmm. running into a buddy in the MTC who was like, <laughs> Did you know that that the Savior visited the uh, the Americans in the in the Book of Mormon? I said, "Yeah, I, I heard that." <laughs> so, You're not going to believe this. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Thought that was just a rumor, you know. So, um, so I felt like uh, I felt like my testimony was already important to me, mm-hmm. but I felt like uh, like my heart kind of hit the ground while I was in the MTC, but not at the mm-hmm. beginning. I felt a little bit like, Oh, this is tough. You know, I feel I, I miss everybody. This is hard. And then somewhere within the MTC, I felt like I, I picked up the pace. I got, I felt like, no, this, this is, this is a wonderful place to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I love being about this work and I was excited to get out into the, the field. So, yeah. So you were uh, in the MTC about a year before I was, and I had a, a couple of memories of the MTC as I was, I was thinking about this. Um, and I don't know if that was just unique from my time, but uh, there uh, during the summer, as there in, in July, and you said you went in July, right? Uh-huh. So the, uh, we would walk around the perimeter of the MTC yes. with our teacher and yes. he'd say something and would repeat it or a phrase or whatever. And along the back of the fence, there were these kids who would bring out a cooler and sell yeah. otter pops yes. to all the missionaries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had popsicles and yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that wasn't just me. I, I've no, always I'm wondered. I'm glad to hear they were doing that a year later. I thought <laughs> someone was going to shut this operation right. down. And <laughs> I, I just assume I put several kids through missions, you know. But I, <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. Here, here's the other quirky thing that I remember from the MTC. Um, and I, I think it's changed now, but uh, I was there for the 4th of July and there's this, you know, the stadium of fire. This is this like yes. huge uh, fireworks program. Well, we were not allowed to see it, but we could hear the fireworks going off. <laughs> and we were all with our noses pressed up to the window, trying to catch a glimpse of the fireworks. Were you there during the 4th of July or any of the, I, went, I went in the week after. Okay. All right. But because I was going foreign, I was there when, um, when the football season started and you oh, yeah. hear the state, we could hear the football game. Yeah. <laughs> when BYU beat Miami and it was a big, big deal. Oh, wow. And we could hear it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, for me, I hadn't traveled much, uh, like hardly at all. How, how was your experience traveling to Portugal? Um, the experience of going was, was great. I had not done too much either. I grew up, you know, in Southern California. So I kind of, um, and my parents were from Arizona. So we would do the occasional road trip to Arizona, Right. moving to Hawaii felt big. You know, that was a big cultural change for me. It was a tiny Island. We were, um, uh, a big family on a little island. This Island had maybe 6,000 people. Oh, wow. It was, it was, uh, 
two miles wide and six miles long, mm. or something like that. It was it was not big. And so that was kind of an eye opening. I feel like mm. in some ways that actually prepared me for my mission. You know, you go to a, a place where uh, these are people who have known each other a long time. There's a different culture. They mm -hmm. were very warm and very lovely people. If part of my heart is is always on that Hawaiian yeah. on Molokai, but um, but I think in some ways that prepared me. And so the um, in getting to Portugal, so this was at a time when visas were a little bit tricky for missionaries. Mm -hmm. So I actually made a pit stop in um, Alabama for two oh. months. Wow. Okay. So I was in Alabama for two months, just enough time to forget all the Portuguese <laughs> I had learned in the MTC. <laughs> Perfect. And yeah. to pick up an Alabama accent yeah, for, that's right. for your Portuguese. Yeah. So that's nice. Right. <laughs> uh, and it was a great experience. I love that those two months are in Alabama are a part of my yeah. missionary journey because I um I got to work with great companions that I, I uh -huh. loved dearly. Teaching there was, uh, there, we had a great abundance of, of, of teaching opportunities. Uh, the mm -hmm. media referral system was big there. So we did a lot oh, of cool. uh, getting to meet people who had ordered Book of Mormons or ordered mm -hmm. videos mm -hmm. and um, and baptized quite a bit there. So I, oh, that's I awesome. that. Yeah. Uh, and I was there in September and October. And then right at the end of October, my visa finally came and, mm -hmm. and I got uh, made it over to Portugal, which was, I flew from like Alabama to uh, Miami to New York, and then New York over to over mm -hmm. to Portugal. So we kind of flew through the night. Oh yeah, got, got to Portugal. <laughs> the uh, some office elders picked us up, took us to the mission home. We ate and then slept and then ate, <laughs> which was <laughs> a wonderful first day in Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, and then got uh, shipped out to my first area that night. I've heard that Lisbon is just a beautiful, amazing place. What were what were your first impressions? Yeah, so Lisbon's a pretty big size city, and uh, uh, a couple million uh, people there, and then mm -hmm. I think close to three million people. And then my first area was um, an hour or so outside of Lis north of Lisbon, and it was mm -hmm. Caldas, Caldas de Rainha. And it was a beautiful, picturesque um, European countryside, you know, with the uh -huh. cobblestone streets and the open markets and uh, uh, everyone, very pedestrian, everyone's walking around. And, and yeah. uh, I, I loved it immediately. I just thought it was beautiful and quaint. And um, yeah, I, I thought, boy, my mission's gorgeous. I had that <laughs> first impression. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I loved it. So did you, do you think that you adjusted pretty well to missionary life? <laughs> yes. in some, in some ways, um, I mean, the language again, yeah, I, I was, I was rereading my journal in, in preparation for today and I'm like, wow, uh -huh. I really was frustrated with the language, which is fine. <laughs> I don't know what you expect, you know, to immediately be fluent, uh -huh. but you want to be right. You, yeah. you want to communicate, you want to teach. That's why you're there. And so, um, but it took, you know, it took a, a few months to feel comfortable with it. Uh, my companion spoke beautifully. He, he was from Orem, Utah. And I think he just had a, a, a gift of tongues. He spoke, oh, yeah. I mean, even, even the locals would just say, would just mm -hmm. marvel at his, at his language. And so he spoke really, really well. And, um, so I, I, I adapted in that, you know, I was, I was great with going out to work. That's why we mm -hmm. were there. I, I wanted to be there. Um, I developed a great friendship with my, with my trainer. So I felt comfortable in those ways, but, um, you know, you're tired 
all yeah. the time, right? So I can remember <laughs> sitting through lessons and feeling like I'm not able to contribute. I can't understand exactly what's going on. I'm tired. <laughs> it became a real, became a real struggle to stay awake. Yeah. But um, but yeah, in in some ways, uh, the food was good and um, mm -hmm. and the people were kind. And so in some ways it was an easy transition in some ways, uh, you know, it was, it was cold. You know, I got there again, beginning of, of November, uh -huh. they don't have central heating. Right. It was just cold all the time, Jason. Oh, I just wow. felt like, oh my, and coming <laughs> from like Hawaii, you know, yeah. it was like, yeah. I am cold all the time. And, um, were you guys so on bikes? We were just walking. I was yeah. never on a, on a bike. Okay. Um, uh, zone leaders had cars, but a lot of it was just walking or public transportation. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned the food. What was the food like there? Food is uh not not too strange. It was mm -hmm. a, a lot of um uh fish and uh and chicken and beef and then potatoes and beans. Okay. Uh, breads, you know, it's European, so a lot yeah. of pastries. Uh -huh. And they are the amazing pastries. Uh, mm -hmm. the breads were great and then they had uh, uh a lot of these cakes uh you know or or dessert pastries that we just ate mm -hmm. constantly. Yeah. <laughs> so. what, what do you think that maybe you weren't very prepared for as a missionary that's a good question i don't know that i mean again uh the language but mm -hmm. it did it did come i mean it eventually came and i was, yeah. and I was grateful um i th i don't think i was prepared for <laughs> i think the biggest surprise to me was the afternoons you know i pictured going out and you're just constantly teaching yeah constantly baptizing and afternoons were tough because people were either at work uh, mm -hmm. you know there wasn't it was it was hard to try to stay busy uh, right in the afternoons and that was the entire mission uh, yeah was that way and so i don't think i was prepared for okay well how can how can we fill these these days these afternoons? right yeah teach in the evening where our mission was such that because it was so much uh, on foot um, as a, as a culture, then we would go out in the mornings, you know, we get up mm -hmm. in the morning and we would immediately go out the door and contact people in the streets on their way to work. Yeah. And then you would come back and eat breakfast and do your studying. And, mm. then, and then after lunch, you're kind of like, okay, well, we've got several hours here before people are going to be at home to teach. And so you kind of walk in the streets or you try and find some service Mm -hmm. um opportunities uh maybe visit some members but it was um uh yeah i don't know what could prepare you for that but um but that yeah. was kind of a big surprise to me that was a, oh okay this is going to be a focus <laughs> a daily right. focus is how do this. Uh, well can you tell us about someone who you taught yeah i uh the person uh that when i when i'm asked to share about you know people I was able to share the gospel with. I think the person I think of first is uh, one of my first baptisms was Paulo Angelo mm -hmm. and his sister Maria, um, just because there's kind of a long story there. Uh, so Paulo was, yeah. we were, my companion and I were knocking on doors and we knocked on the door and this, this lady answered it. She was probably in her fifties and she said, Oh, my son's not here, but you have to come back and teach my son, Paulo. He's, 18 and he's just at the risk of going down the wrong road and he needs oh, wow. this he needs religion whatever you've got he needs to hear it so <laughs> so we came back to teach paulo and um yeah he's this 18 year old kid so he's only maybe a year or so younger than me mm -hmm. 
and he was just ready, Jason. He was, wow. which was funny. He was a, well, he's a sarcastic kid, very funny, mm-hmm. loved music. He's always playing his guitar, but he was open to the message and st- mm. his heart was just prepared for it. So we, you know, we started sharing the lessons with him and he just ate it up and he would come mm. with, with questions and, um, you know, different concerns or whatever, but he was, he read the book of Mormon. He was praying about it. And, um, and he joined, he committed to baptism. And then, uh, shortly after his, then his sister Maria, who was uh, around the same age as him mm-hmm. also was baptized. Oh, and wow. it was really neat to see these young, these young souls, yeah. uh, latch on. And so, um, just a couple of weeks after they were baptized, I got transferred out of the area. And at the end of my mission, it's about 18 months later, I got transferred back to that same. Oh, area. cool. <laughs> and I, yeah, I was such a gift from my mission president. So yeah. I, now I'm speaking much better. Yeah. And there they are. They're both still active in the branch, helping the branch to grow. And my, um, and so one Sunday he came up to me at the beginning of the meeting and said, I need to talk to you after church and he was very somber which was not his nature Mm -hmm. and so i went to talk to him and a minister from their old church had come by with a bunch of Mm -hmm. literature against against the against our church and he just had been really stirred up about it and Mm -hmm. so we kind of started to go through it like line item by line item like well what do you think about this well let's look up that scripture and after about two questions he just he put it down he said you know what Never mind. Mm. I know what I felt when I got baptized. I know yeah. what the Holy Ghost feels like, and I don't need to go through this. I know. I know what's true. And I was so, I mean, at that moment, if you had told me you're going to serve a two-year mission and Paulo and Maria are the only two people you'll baptize, I would have gone. Yeah. I would have gone for those two. Yeah. And um, I just had such a great love for them. Uh, Ten years later, my younger brother got called to Lisbon South. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of his mission, my wife and I went with my, with my parents to pick him up mm-hmm. and we only had like a day before we were going to pick him up. And the rest of the trip was going to be kind of about him and his right. area, his people. Yeah. So I said, I'd really love to run up to, to call this. So we mm-hmm. got in the car and, and drove up to the area and we're just walking around. I showed him where I lived and the markets and everything. And I kind of had this prayer in my heart. Like I would love to, bump into somebody and the mm-hmm. missionaries walked by and <laughs> I said, Hey, uh, so I started running names by them. You know, is this yeah. person still coming? Do you know where this person is? And, and I said, what about Paulo? And they said, Oh yeah, we're meeting him and his wife at the church in about 30 minutes. <laughs> so I went with them and he's the branch president Oh, awesome. <laughs> you know, 10 years later, he's, you know, late twenties now. And he was the, he was the branch president and, um, and his beautiful wife was expecting their first child and i was just so thrilled yeah thrilled to see him and um and to feel this uh, this growth in him he'd been through the temple at that point and mm-hmm. um so yeah that's someone that i just have uh, him and and uh and his sister maria yeah i the two of them i just love them and uh so that's that's awesome yeah thank you thank you for asking yeah. <laughs> i love to talk about them so uh, you mentioned that you were serving in a branch in the, this area and that the uh, missionaries, I mean, I guess the, the mission had been open maybe in the 70s. 
how established by this time when you were serving there was the church? Uh, it was most, mostly branches or? It was, yes, it was mostly branches. There was, um, there was a stake in Lisbon. So there were mm-hmm. some wards there. Okay. And, um, and a couple of wards uh, out just, you know, like just in the outside, kind of like the suburbs of Lisbon. Mm-hmm. But it was mostly branches. Yeah. And out in the Azor Islands uh, um, were just branches. Yeah. Uh, so I, I served out there. Uh, so after my first area and called us, mm-hmm. I got transferred out to the Azores and I was there okay. for about six months. Wow. And, um, and yeah, that's, uh, there's, there's nine islands, but there's two of them that have the church. Uh-huh. On them and, and, uh, are they, as far as islands go, are they pretty different than what you were used to in Hawaii? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's certainly not, you know, beach front. I mean, uh-huh. you could, people would go in the summer but it was uh it was the atlantic versus the pacific <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it but it was sort of an island life meets europe like you still had the uh-huh. cobblestones, but you also had these really green uh fields and um and people kind of living on the coast rather than in the middle of the island so mm-hmm. uh, it, was, it was a little bit different yeah that's cool yeah. uh you've mentioned you know some of this but as a missionary how, how did you see the hand of the lord well that's a I mean, that's, uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're looking, you can just see his fingerprints on almost everything. Right. Yeah. So I can tell you though, that one way that, um, that I think about uh, almost daily now is that, um, I had, uh, my MTC companion was Lincoln Hoppe mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we got to know each other in the MTC but then we got to be companions again out in the mission field. Oh, really? Okay. Twice, yeah. And this was out, actually out in the Azores. We were companions. And Lincoln and I were, we had similar senses of humor and, and uh, mm-hmm. even some similar backgrounds. We'd both gone to BYU. But he was, um, he was very theatrical and very musical. Oh, okay. And so um, anyway, we became friends uh, out in the field. And we decided when we get back to, to BYU let's we'll room together yeah and so uh we got back to BYU and we're rooming and he comes in one night and says hey I uh I found this flyer for a, a comedy troupe at at the they're you know they're gonna start at BYU we should go audition huh. for it and I'm like you should you know Mr. Theatrical <laughs> I that's not my jam you know I'm not and he's like no you're funny you can I'm like not for a paying crowd like I'm just going to disappoint people is kind of what, I, what I thought but he talked me into it and so I went and auditioned and then like I mentioned at the beginning that's where I met my wife mm-hmm. and so, so cool. yeah and so I really feel like our friendship was sort of a, a critical point in yeah. in my future mm-hmm. and um and what opportunities would come later Mm-hmm. And I really feel like the I really feel like the Lord's hand was in that. Well, he yeah. was, his hand was in our friendship, the way we worked together out in the mission field, and then also things that came after that mm-hmm. were so influential. And so I feel like that with a lot of the companions that I had, uh, you know, like that short the story I shared on Facebook was a companion that we were very different. I you know this companion yeah. from Angola, Africa, and. Uh, and I just, my patriarchal blessing talks about my, uh, my companions. And when mm-hmm. I got set apart as a missionary uh, and that blessing 
uh, there was a great focus on the companionships that I would have. Mm. And I feel like the Lord's hand was in very, very much in these friendships and these relationships with my companions and with those in, that I was able to teach mm -hmm. and work with. And, uh, and so I just, I really see the Lord's hand in weaving these uh, relationships together for good. And, yeah. and so that influences my life to this, to this day, who I'm married to right. came about because of my mission. And, uh, and so I, I see it, I'm reminded of it every day that, that if we're looking, you'll see his hands, you'll see, mm -hmm. you'll see his influence. Yeah. I've said uh, to my children before that almost everything good that's happened to me in my adult life, I can trace back to my decision to, to serve a mission. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And that's, that's really neat. As far as the, uh, the comedy troupe goes to, I have so much respect for you and others who can do something like that. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I see myself as I'm funny around the dinner table. Funny. <laughs> you put me in front of a crowd. I would not be funny. Yeah. That's, that was my concern. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I think, I think as far as doing improv, right. Which is making it up as you go. Mm -hmm. I think missionary work is <laughs> you're walking into situations. You don't know what's going right. to happen. You are, you are creating it as you go. So, yeah. But it doesn't have to be funny. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, I, I think I think humor helped me with some of my hard times, though, too. Amen. Um, I think that, uh, you know, having humor is, is definitely uh, something that can help <laughs> help missionaries. Yeah. You spoke about maybe some of the challenges that you had. Uh, what what did, what did you do to overcome some of your challenges as a missionary? That's a good question. I think, uh, I think a lot of my mission, and I think this is probably true for, for most missionaries, but it requires a, um, kind of a constant exercising of faith. It's mm -hmm. a learning curve for the whole, you know, 18 months to two years. Right. Uh, you're, you're walking into situations that, um, it's just, I, I really learned to rely on the Lord because I mm -hmm. thought I don't, this isn't something Ken Craig could, could do, uh, learning yeah. the language, navigating these relationships, uh, teaching, mm -hmm. um, uh, even learning how to write to, uh, to cook and to, I mean, even some of the practical things like transportation, getting from here to there and, and being able to move apartments and, or finding an apartment and establishing mm -hmm. a new area. These are just things that there's such a learning curve that um, but I really gain confidence and, and trust in the Lord that if I'm if I'm willing to exercise that faith and move forward, mm -hmm. you know, he won't let me fall on my face. Or if I do, he'll pick me up and kind of we keep moving, keep moving yeah. forward. So I think I think with a lot of challenges, it was just it was just the day to day. It was what's right in front of me mm -hmm. that I need the Lord Lord's help to accomplish this. And. And with experience, you just kind of gain that that confidence and that faith more. It grows, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I made it through yesterday with not know how to, not knowing how to do A, B, and C. So, <laughs> so today I'm willing to step even further. Um, so I think that's that's kind of how I um, worked through those things. And I think, like I mentioned before, I think my companionships were a great blessing. I feel like I'm an, I'm a kind of a outward processor. So I like to yeah. talk through it. And if you yeah. have, you have someone that you trust that you can bounce that off of and who will process with you, 
then that's that's a great gift that's a great yeah. gift. So. Yeah, that's awesome yeah it is a, as you were saying that i, I was thinking yeah as you kind of get comfortable with being a missionary and then all of a sudden, oh, okay, well now let's uh, put you in as a senior, you know, companion, yeah. kind of yeah. get comfortable with that. <laughs> okay. Well, how about trying to be a, just being a district leader now? And yeah, like you right. are constantly like trying to constantly uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. What was your favorite part about being a missionary? Wow. My favorite part, um, it had to have been seeing the gospel bless somebody's life when you mm-hmm. see that change in them when you see uh you share something that's so dear to you mm-hmm. so important to you and you just want to share that with someone and when you do and you see them accept it or uh it, it lights them up they, mm-hmm. they see an answer to something they see comfort they see uh, a, a reassurance through the spirit that here's something that's going to bless your life and and increase your happiness mm-hmm. Those moments where, when you're when you're in that moment, I think that's when you have that uh, that Ammon moment of like, I could do this forever. Yeah, this is uh, why would you want to stop doing this? And then mm-hmm. then you go several days without that experience. And you're like, this is hard. <laughs> but um, it was seeing it was seeing the, the gospel increase someone's happiness. Yeah, uh, or or peace. Mm-hmm. That's that was my favorite thing as a missionary. Do you have any special experiences that stand out from your mission? Yeah, I've got, I mean, I, yeah, everybody does. Uh, I think of uh, a family that um, when I got transferred out to the Azores, uh, my companion asked me to come, you know, he's like, we're going to go visit this family. They're already already members, but uh, they just need some friendship. They just need to know we love them. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and we went to visit them, and it was the Alves family. It was uh, Louise and Nair were the couple, and they had three three kids, uh, Herberto, Paulo, and Niza. Niza was six, but, and Herberto was, oh, close to 16, I think, and, and mm. Paulo was like 12. And uh, it was, I walked into that home, and it felt like home away from home. Like, mm. these were just people that immediately, they loved the missionaries, mm-hmm. and I felt immediately loved by them. And we would spend time in their home, just kind of strengthening them. Um, and uh, at the end of my mission, it, it lined up with them being able to, they were making a trip out to the temple to be sealed as a oh, family cool. in Germany. And so my parents were picking me up at the end of my mission, and I, I just wanted to coordinate it. I was like, is there any way we can travel out to Germany and be yeah. with this family? And, um, you know, the whole six months I was on the Azores was a time of really supporting them as a family. Uh, mm-hmm. They'd been through some hard things and they had so much faith and so much hope for good things to come. And, uh, yeah, I just felt a connection to them. Like, in fact, one time, uh, Nair, the mom had said, I think part of your mission was coming here to bless our family and to, mm-hmm. and to be with us. And I really felt the truthfulness of it. And I thought, yeah. um, Again, it was that feeling of, if for no other reason, I was called mm-hmm. to come support the Alves family. So yeah, at the end of my mission, my parents picked me up. We were kind of traveling through a little bit of Europe and and timed it so that we got to uh, the temple in Germany to see the Alves family sealed together. And it was just a, I got to be a witness and just watching them all around mm-hmm. the altar be sealed as a family was some as an image I will carry till uh-huh. I see them all again. 
They're just such a sweet family. So, and I managed to find them, you know, years later. Again, this was before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, since yeah. we're close in age. <laughs> um, but I found uh, Niza on Facebook some years ago. And her husband is the district president of the Azores. Mm. This young couple, young family. And now Paulo is her niece's older brother. And so I've managed to be able to stay in touch with them just to see their family. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, through pictures. And uh, they're wonderful. So they're just always on my heart. So, yeah, that was kind of a special a connection to make at the time than to be able to be there and see them sealed together as a family. Mm. It was a rare missionary experience. You yeah. Know? So, um, yeah, I mean, seeing someone through the temple, I mean, that's that's got to be the ultimate way yeah, to end, right. end your mission. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It was, just, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a great tender mercy. Yeah. Uh, uh, any other experiences that you'd like to share before we move on to you coming home? Um, I have an experience that it doesn't really have an ending, but mm-hmm. it was a very special moment. Um, out in the Azores, um, the mission. Uh, contacted us mission president contacted us and said hey we're sending a car i was the zone leader out there so like we're going to send a car out and i was like oh fantastic Uh, and they told us the date that it should arrive so Mm -hmm. my companion and i which again it was lincoln my uh my later roommate yeah we we caught a bus to the other end of the island where the where the uh, car was being shipped to and we waited most of the afternoon and into the evening they finally unloaded everything off of that freight (laughs) and it was not on there Oh, no. <laughs> and so now all buses have closed down. We're on the other end of the island from where we're supposed to be. So we're like, I don't know. I don't know what we, I guess we mm-hmm. walk. So we started walking kind of through the center of the island, but it was like, we're not going to get home till well after midnight. And I was the zone leader. So missionaries would call in every evening yeah. to, to check in. And I'm like, we're not going to be there for phone calls. Uh, and we kind of were just walking this island road through the middle of the island and uh it got late it was probably that was well after nine it was closing to 10 and we weren't sure we were even on the right road we were just like i don't know (laughs) and this truck pulled over this man pulls over and uh, offers us a ride so i kind of give you a ride Mm -hmm. into town we're like oh yes so we climb in the truck and he says uh you know what i like about you guys you're like the old apostles. You you don't wait for people to come to you. You take the gospel out to people. Wow. And we were like, yeah, yeah. What uh, what do you know about us? And he's like, actually, I don't know a lot. I would love to learn more. Hmm. I was like, you got to be kidding. This is not <laughs> happening you know, in Portugal. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, yeah, what, what would you like to know? He goes, well, I, what I want to know is, are you a branch off the Catholic Church? Because I was raised Catholic, I don't have confidence in the Catholic Church, and every other church is a branch off the Catholic Church. What makes you different? And I'm like, mm. oh, I can't wait to teach this guy about restoration. <laughs> and he goes, also, I love my family, and I believe that my family can be together after this life. Do you believe that? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We believe that. I, I this is too good to be true. And um, so we went so we made an appointment with him so we got our car mm-hmm. which was great timing because he didn't live in the city where we oh, were wow. he was outside the only way to get to him was with a car and uh-huh. so he lived out by a lighthouse out in the island so we get the car we go out to visit him and his wife we share the first lesson with him we give him a book of mormon the next week the area was 
whitewashed. So both Lincoln and I got transferred out oh, of the wow. area. And I don't know what happened to him. Mm. Um, but it was such a, I, I had never met someone so prepared yeah. <laughs> with so many questions that aligned with the message we wanted to share. Uh-huh. And so I still occasionally think about that guy. And I think, I don't know if, if he didn't hear the gospel in this life, he will. At some point. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's true of, of missionary work. We, we talk to so many people and so many of them don't go the direction we think it's going to go. They end up not, not accepting the gospel or not getting baptized. And we think, oh, well, but their story's not over. And that was a lesson to me in that, that we continue to minister, we continue to share, we continue to love everyone around us. We don't know when the end of their story is. And yeah. so I don't know what the end of his story is, but I was prayerful for him long after I met him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So your parents come and pick you up, you, you make it back home after two years. How do you think you changed over those two years? I think I changed... Um, Kind of what I mentioned earlier, I don't know how much before my mission I really leaned on the Lord, but my my mission certainly taught me that. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think I, I was exposed. You know, you you talk to so many people, like I just said, who may or may not be interested in hearing the lessons, mm-hmm. may or may not be interested in your message. Uh, but everybody, uh, it was kind of like Elder Gong's last conference talk. Everybody has a story. Yeah. And I felt I felt aware of uh, the people we come in contact with, and uh, and aware of the opportunity to learn people's stories mm-hmm. and to love them where they're at. And I think my mission changed me that way, where um, and th- and those two ways for sure, where I just learned yeah. to lean on the Lord when if, if especially if it's something I don't understand, lean on the Lord and. Yeah. Uh, or something I don't know how to do, or I'm not sure how to navigate, trust the Lord and, and love the people around me. Yeah. So I certainly learned that. That's awesome. What have you done since you've been home to keep your faith strong? I think, uh, I think the things I've done since my mission that have helped me to keep my faith strong are kind of the small and simple things. Um, I do tend, like I said, I always anticipated serving a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember when my, when my testimony, I can't remember not believing, yeah. I can't remember not feeling the gospel in my bones, but so that's, that's kind of the lens I look through at that life is the lens of the gospel. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I see things, but I keep that lens clear or polished. You know, I kind of keep yeah. it clean with the small and, and simple things of, of, uh, of gospel study of prayer uh, of repenting daily, of sure. um, of trying to improve, of of trying to to be a better disciple of the Savior, and so mm-hmm. doing it in bite sizes each day is is what keeps me grounded in the gospel and keeps me looking through that that lens as clear as I can. Yeah, um, being being willing uh, mm-hmm. to 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 move forward. So wonderful. Could you have ever imagined that there would be a temple in Lisbon? No, no. <laughs> I was excited when there was one in Spain because I yeah. thought, well, that's closer. That's that's yeah. closer. <laughs> um, uh, so I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that. What does it mean to you now that there's a temple there? I just think of the people I loved having access to the temple. I can't tell you how much the temple means to me. That's another thing that I do that keeps me 
grounded is yeah. temple attendance. I feel like, I feel like the, the world is so noisy. Yeah. You know, I feel like, and when I go to the temple, I feel like it's just sort of fades away. And I see the things that matter most that I'm mm -hmm. a child of, of heavenly parents, that I have a savior that I've made covenants and that uh, I can repent and keep those covenants through the savior. Mm -hmm. And I feel when I think of my, the people I love in Portugal, having, having access to be in a temple often and feel that renewal and feel that, that strength that comes through being reminded of those very basic truths. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't tell you what it means. I love it so much. I just feel like it's, I just feel like the Lord, the Lord loves those people like I do. Yeah. <laughs> obviously perfect. He obviously loves them perfectly and more than I do. Right. But I felt his love for the people that I love there. And yeah. so I'm so, I'm thrilled that there's a temple there. Yeah. That's amazing. So I know that you played a Bishop, Bishop Rudd in <laughs> Once I Was a Beehive, but yeah. you were also an actual Bishop uh, in was, Las Vegas, yeah. right? Yes. So when you had a young man or a young woman come in and uh, they were uh, going to go serve on a mission, what advice did you give the, the youth heading out on missions? I think what I wanted the youth to know then and what I want them to know now is that, um, I, that if they're worthy and willing, the Lord will use them. Mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, you know, Elder, uh, I'm not sure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to massacre his name, but uh, uh, Elder uh, Marcos Adukaitis. And this last conference talked about missionary work and he talked mm -hmm. about the distraction of fear. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I want to assure youth when they're uh, looking at a mission, just push that fear aside, because if you are worthy and willing, the mm -hmm. Lord will use you in miraculous ways. Um, I think sometimes we think, well, I don't, I'm not a good public speaker mm -hmm. or I'm not a scriptorian or I don't, you know, it's easy to focus on our weaknesses and feel like, I don't know how great of a missionary I will, I will be. Right. But if you're worthy and willing, the Lord will use you. He will magnify you uh, and you yeah. will see miracles through your work. So that's what I want to reassure the youth is if, yeah. if you're worthy and willing, don't fear. The Lord mm -hmm. will use you. You know, he uses <laughs> to, to combine parables. We bring our widow's might of, of talent yeah, uh, to him, and he will use it, and it will, and it will. There are people there that will be blessed by your work that mm -hmm. that uh, wouldn't in other ways. And so, uh, yeah, if you're worthy and willing, the Lord will use you, and you'll see miracles. That's that's what yeah. I want to tell you. <laughs> I love that. So you recently had a son come home from a mission, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you had other children serve missions also? Yes, I have. My um, uh. Two of my sons have served. My son mm -hmm. Garrett served in Port in uh, Brazil, okay, and he was there uh, from 2017 to 2019. And then my son Connor served. He started in January of 2020, so he most of his mission was during uh -huh. the pandemic. Yeah. And he was in Washington, in Yakima, Washington. Okay, and, uh, so he came home in December. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I had two so, sons. So what's it like uh, being a parent of a missionary? <laughs> Um, it's exciting. I mean, uh, I always, my son, in fact, I was asking my son, Garen, I said, what, uh, what do you remember me talking about my mission growing up? And he goes, mm -hmm. I don't know how much you shared before my mission, but when I was on my mission, 
you shared all the time. And I think <laughs> it's because you're feeling like very specific things you can relate to and yeah. the experiences that you can share, hopefully reassurances that you can share. And, and mm-hmm. uh, But I loved it. It brings a great focus at home for our mm-hmm. family to be talking about missionary work. When you have a missionary out, you're very missionary minded. Um, yeah. So yeah, I it was a great, I, I can't, I still have another son who's excited to serve. He's 16 now. So it'll be a little ways off. And then I have yeah. daughters that also will, um, that I know talk about it, consider it. So we'll mm-hmm. see what they, let's see. Yeah. What they That's awesome. I, my oldest daughter, uh, served, served a mission and, I told her, I said, I don't want you to take this wrong, but I'm kind of going to miss you being on a mission. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great that you're home, but maybe yeah. you could email every Monday or something. <laughs> That's right. Where did she serve? Uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, I'm wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have one last question for you, Ken. If there was one thing that you'd want your posterity to know about your missionary service, what would it be? I would want my posterity to know that it was a privilege to serve in the Lord's kingdom as a full-time missionary. We all, we all have our roles to play in the gathering of Israel. It's a distinct and unique experience to serve as a full-time missionary. And it was such, uh, such a privilege. And I would want them to, to know that, that I felt that unique blessing and privilege to be able to, uh, to do that. Um, and it would be impossible, going back to what you said earlier, how you see your your mission influencing your life now, mm-hmm. today, it would be impossible to measure the impact that my, that my mission had. I see it touch and weave in and out and influence so much of my life now. Yeah. You can tie it back to then. And I, I feel that, that the Lord never stops blessing you mm-hmm. for that sacrifice that you make to to serve full-time so i would want my posterity to know that there you never you never regret the dedication Mm -hmm. you give to a full-time mission and um and you never see an end to those blessings Mm. that's beautiful well awesome thank you so much ken it's been uh just just awesome hearing about your mission i really appreciate you taking time to share your your experiences with us today Thank you for, yeah, thank you for the invitation and thank you for the questions. It's been wonderful this, this week to kind of reflect on some of those very, you know, heartfelt experiences. It's, uh, I realize how much I still think about and love and, and reflect on my mission. So thank yeah, you. you bet. Maybe as a, a postscript, any further uh, films coming out in the Once I Were, it was a beehive uh, series. Uh, we, we do joke about that now with that sequel, the Once I Was Engaged. Yeah. Can, there's so many, you know, Once I Was a Bishop. Once, yeah. you know, so many, uh, so many things you can do with that. Um, I sure hope so. The the writer director, McLean Nelson, is uh, uh, very gifted, very talented and, and has uh-huh. a great group that that loves this, this world that he's built. And so, yeah, yeah who knows? There, there could be, but uh um, I will certainly let you know if I see, <laughs> if I see something coming. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And then your companion and friend, Lincoln Hoppe, he's, uh, actually done a lot of films now, right? Yeah. You can see him in that recently released, uh, Witnesses. He plays Martin Harris. Right. He did a, he did a wonderful job. Just a great, yeah. uh, great, great performance. Uh, great movie. Yeah. So yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln's still very involved in, in theater and I love to support him and, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, we're still in frequent contact. And, uh, yeah. Good man. Good friend. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much again. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Thank you. Well, a very big thank you to my friend, Ken Craig. It was a lot of fun just hearing about his mission and speaking with him today. And I appreciate him taking the time to share his missionary experiences with us. In today's Missionary Minute, I love the scripture in Doctrine and Covenants 6433. Wherefore, be not weary in well-doing, for ye are laying the foundation of a great work, and out of small things proceedeth that which is great. Missions are filled with lots of small things, and occasionally you get to see the results and get the bigger picture of the great work that you're part of. You know, with time, I've, I've been able to see that I was part of a much bigger and greater work than I was aware of when I was serving back uh, in 1991 to 1993 in France. And this is true in life. We often do not have the ability to see the results of the work that we're working on today, uh, the day in and the day out. Uh, we, just, we just can't see the bigger picture. Instant gratification is not something that you always really have a lot of as you're going about doing missionary work. People say sometimes, you know, that you're planting seeds and you know, if you've ever planted a seed, they take some time to grow. That's, that's a good analogy because it takes some time to turn hearts. Uh, it takes some time to, to be converted. And occasionally, yeah, someone is ready. And, and maybe that golden investigator is there and you see uh, the start to finish of their, their conversion. But maybe they had several contacts with uh, or touches with, with church members or missionaries or God has been tugging at their heart. The Spirit has been touching them and working with them, and then they are ready to turn their lives over to God and follow the Savior. We're often a part of a great work, but we may not recognize it. Uh, But God knows where to put us and when to put us there, and He often uses His missionaries to do His work. Well, that's about it for today's show. If you like the show, please subscribe so that you're notified when new episodes come out. And we would really appreciate it if you could rate and review the episode in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And then, you know, share it on social media. Share it with a friend. Uh, We love how the word's getting around about the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And until next time, wax strong in the gospel, my friends.